The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is no substitute for professional care by your doctor or your qualified healthcare professional. Never disregard or delay professional medical advice because of something you've heard on this podcast or in any linked material. Guests who speak on this podcast express their own opinions, experience, and conclusions. Dr. Shirley neither endorses nor opposes any particular opinion discussed on this podcast. The views expressed on this podcast have no relation to those of any academic, hospital, practice, institution, or other entity with which Dr. Shirley may be affiliated. Welcome to Forever Fab, the podcast on fashion, the art of living, and all things beauty. This podcast is curated by Dr. Shirley Madeer, MD, as the definitive source of holistic wellness through beauty. The title of this week's episode of 15 Minutes of Fab on the Forever Fab podcast is Unlocking the Benefits of Herbal Remedies and Supplements, Part 1. You and I have discussed this topic on a previous episode of the Forever Fab podcast. Because it remains relevant and is a really heady topic, meaning there's so much to learn about it and wrap my head around it, I thought it was time for another go, another go at this topic. Now, I am certainly no expert. I'm no guru on this. I am studied on it. I'm currently studying even more about it. So I'm learning with you about so much on this topic. And I find it, frankly, really exciting and, and it has so much potential. So not only that, that it's a lot to learn and that there's so much information out there, but there's even been recent talk about incorporating dietary supplements into a weight management program. I mean, in this age of, you know, these serious prescription drugs for ideally, well, originally meant for diabetes and insulin management and all that, but being used now as a weight, as weight loss drugs, I mean, that's the new age, right? So it's interesting that there are scientific papers talking about whether or not some plant-based products could actually be mm, alternatives or complements to some of these weight loss drugs. This week's episode of 15 Minutes of Fab on the Forever Fab podcast will reintroduce you to what you need to know about dietary, dietary supplements in general. But when you come back next week, I'm going to discuss which ones may actually help you better manage the pounds and the cravings. So I think that's cautionary excitement. Okay, many of us take our vitamins, right? And we've been doing so since childhood. So the concept of taking a dietary supplement is not new. But supplements aren't just about vitamins. They can contain a variety of ingredients, including, but certainly, not limited to herbals or plant-based botanicals, minerals, enzymes, oils, amino acids, among others. They can also be found in different forms, such as pills, capsules, powders, liquids, gummies, energy bars. I mean, take your pick. The main reason why we take supplements is obvious, to improve our health, right, or to correct a chemical deficiency, or to give us in our diets through these pills or supplements, what our modern American diet 
doesn't give us or modern inter-European diet or modern Asian diet, whatever. So the point of taking the supplements is to give us what we need, but we don't get through our regular dietary intake. Also, they're generally regarded as safe or GRAS, capital G-R-A-S. GRAS is an FDA designation or an acronym that means generally regarded as safe. So although the supplement hasn't been rigorously specifically tested, its active or primary ingredient, single or plural, is slash are commonly accepted as safe. Now, under the Federal Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act, I quote, the use of a food substance may be generally regarded as safe or grass, even through, either through scientific procedures of or for a substance used in food before 1958, through experience based on common use in food under another act or general recognition of safety through scientific procedures requires the same quantity and quality of scientific evidence as is required to obtain approval of the substance as a food additive, end quote. Okay, basically that generally means, hey, we're going to let you know that this is GRAS, grass, or generally regarded as safe because, you know, scientists or other folks have been using it forever in certain situations and look, nothing's happened. Nothing really horrible has happened. So, Hey, it's, it's okay. Okay. Accepted. Fine. But if you deeply care about what you put into your body, then you may want to go beyond what's accepted as grass and beyond good manufacturing practices, GMPs, and look for additional markers of the quality that you seek. You may want to look for natural or organic or clean formulations. You may want cruelty-free, vegan, gluten-free, dairy-free, GMO-free, single active ingredient products, such as just the vitamin C or just the vitamin D rather than a multivitamin. You may want further, you know, knowledge or education on the product. You may even want to recruit the help of an herbalist, a licensed herbalist, or a naturopathic physician, or a doctor or nutritionist who is well-versed on herbal remedies. You can also look for other manufacturing certifying bodies, such as ConsumerLab.com, NSF International, the U.S. Pharmacopeia, EWG or Environmental Working Group, EcoSurf, NSF, etc. Despite what's on the label, however, there may be risks. Despite the potential benefits and, and good things that could come out of taking dietary supplements, there could be risks. So before you take any new dietary supplement, I urge you, I mean, I'm telling you, it's really best that you talk with your healthcare provider to be sure that what you're about to take is something that your body truly needs. Now, the NIH, National Institutes of Health, suggests that you ask these basic questions. Quote, what are the supplement's potential benefits for me? Does it have any safety risks? What's the proper dose to take? How often? How, when, and for how long should I take this supplement? End quote. Today, on 15 Minutes of Fab, I'm going to focus on herbal, botanical, and plant-based supplements. That's because last night, 
I watched a show about the potential health benefits of CBD gummies, okay, that it has that CBD slash a little bit of THC (laughs) has some potentially positive effects on the declining mind or declining cognition and on the ailing body. So I'm watching this and I'm thinking, hmm, this is intriguing. CBD is plant-derived. We all know that, (laughs) right? So that was my first thought. Okay, CBD, potentially powerful effects, plant-based. Secondly, I'm still studying my plant medicine and the vast applications of food, not only, or, you know, plants, not only as food and edible sustenance, but also as medicine. So that was my second thought. So those were the two thoughts that led to today's 15 Minutes of Fab episode. That's right, folks. Hot off the presses. Okay. Let's get to it. When I say botanical, know that I'm talking about plants. When I say herbal, know that I'm talking about plants. When I say phytomedicine, know that I'm talking about plants. When I say herbal remedy, know that I'm talking about plants. These terms for today's podcast episode and for my general purposes, these terms are interchangeable. First things first, what are they? What are herbal supplements? Simply, they're products made from plants, plant parts or plant extracts that may be used internally to help improve health or treat a certain condition. Like everyday vitamins, herbal supplements also come in many forms, oils, capsules, powders, gummies, and liquids. Unlike run-of-the-mill products, however, Herbal supplements may come as a tincture or brewed as a tea. Fine. Are they safe? Ah, now there's the rub. The answer is not so simple. Hear me out. According to Johns Hopkins Medicine, quote, the FDA considers herbal supplements foods, not drugs. Therefore, They are not subject to the entire or to the same testing, manufacturing, and labeling standards and regulations as drugs, end quote. So how do you know what to choose? Well, ask and work with a professional. As a traditionally trained MD, herbalism or the study of plants and their applications as food and as medicine, that was not a part of the standard Western medicine curriculum. My education in and herbalism came after I've been practicing for over a decade, and frankly, it's still ongoing. So many, if not most MDs, will not be very familiar with phytomedicine. For managing your health with adjunctive plant-based remedies, I truly recommend working with a licensed herbalist or naturopathic physician, or your physician who is very comfortable and very learned in plant-based medicine. Now, the Center for Biological Diversity estimates that there are between 50,000 and 80,000 flowering plants that are used medicinally globally or worldwide. Wow. And each plant may contain more than one or even more than five active ingredients. So imagine what the potential is to do good and help heal as well as to do harm and create products or create problems. Do the math. Now, you've probably heard of some of these commonly used herbal supplements, black cohosh, 
Um, people use that for menopausal conditions or painful menstruation. Um, echinacea, often used to help support the immune system and in the prevention or management of colds and flus. Evening primrose, that could help reduce symptoms of PMS. Feverfew, that's supposed to have pain-relieving properties, and people sometimes use it also for headaches and menstrual cramps. Garlic, generally used for cardiovascular conditions and also to help decrease cholesterol. Ginkgo biloba, that's been used for many conditions, but typically the ones associated with aging or memory loss. Ginseng, that's uh, considered to be helpful in sort of, you know, increasing your energy levels and um, improving your resistance to, to stressful conditions. Golden seal, that's used as an antiseptic and also in colds and flus. Green tea, who hasn't heard of the, you know, many beneficial effects of green, green tea to help, you know, fight fatigue, to help improve um, your cholesterol, to even help in, in weight loss and improve or, or prevent, you know, atherosclerosis. Hawthorn, that's, um, that's used for, let's see, the, the heart conditions uh, and to improve uh, blood pressure. Saw palmetto. That's used many times by men for an enlarged prostate. And St. John's wort. That's been used for centuries for the management of treatment disorders. And I think these days it might be as part of the treatment armamentarium for, you know, mild to moderate depression. And those are just some, like literally a few of the more commonly used herbals. And the plants from which they're derived have even more chemicals that have various and maybe even different actions, right? So one ingredient in one plant could be, you know, could be helpful for, let's say, you know, supporting the immune system, while another active ingredient in that same plant could be used for like managing PMS or something. So this is an important reason why you simply cannot self-prescribe and use whatever you you, you think or you read or you heard about. On top of that, each of the plant-based remedies is associated with precautions that are contraindications, meaning that if you have certain conditions, you should avoid that supplement at all costs. But wait, there's even more. Botanicals are also associated with interactions, meaning that the herbs can negatively interact with other medicine that you're taking and could either reduce the effectiveness of that medication, increase the effects of that medication, create a toxic byproduct of those two ingredients combined, or who knows what else, other things. So one person's panacea may be another person's poison. Have you heard of the drug digoxin or digitalis? It's been used effectively for decades to help manage the heart. Well, FYI, digitalis comes from a plant known as digitalis lanata, or commonly known as foxglove. And it's a beautiful, beautiful flower. The active ingredient has actions on the heart muscle by inducing it to contract it induces the heart muscle to contract or squeeze. Inappropriate use or too high a dose, and again, high a dose in one person could be a low dose for another person, but inappropriate use 
or the wrong dose of that medication can lead to death. All parts of the plant are poisonous. The root, leaf, stem, the flower, the whole thing. Even the water that the flower may have been placed in is deadly toxic. I love flowers. I love plants. So I sometimes order a floral bouquet to place on my kitchen counter, right? Just to just brighten up the place. So I have a list of, you know, some of my more favorite flowers. But this time I was like, oh, just, you know, send me what you have. Just make it beautiful. That's going to sit, you know, in, you know, on my kitchen center island. And, and I just want to make a bit of a, a beautiful statement. Okay. So I get the flowers. I get this gorgeous bouquet. And I'm looking at the flowers and I see these, these, these sort of flowers that look like, you know, little bells and they're pink and white and have little like dark brown dots on them. And, and they're just hanging gracefully from, you know, the, the stem of the flower or the branch of the flower. Oh my gosh, fantastic. And then I remembered having learned about a particular flowering plant called foxglove. And so I'm looking at this plant on my kitchen counter in the vase. And then it struck me. It's like, oh my gosh, this gorgeous looking flower is foxglove. And the water that this foxglove is sitting in is potentially toxic. So if I were to remove the foxglove, because it was just one of many flowers in this vase, and the water gets on my skin or in my eyes, it's a wrap, folks. <laughs> so I put on glasses, goggles, I put on gloves to deglove or to remove the foxglove. I did call the florist and ask what the flower was to confirm, and indeed it was foxglove. I have two dogs. God forbid, as I'm transferring the foxglove from the vase to the garbage, and some of that water falls on the floor, and my little doggies come and lick it up. No bueno. All right, you get it. Enough said. Here's a story. Another one. When I was training in general surgery, I was assisting an operation to remove a thyroid cancer. Before the initial incision could be made, of course, the anesthesiologist has to stabilize the patient under general anesthesia. And that means making sure that the medications to help the patient fall asleep temporarily are working and that everything is functioning. Everything about the patient's function is, is functioning. In the operating room, nearly every aspect of the patient's bodily functions are monitored and documented. Heart rate, breathing, oxygenation status, temperature, urine output, everything, more. All was going well until the heart monitor sound changed. Rather than a steady, even tone, the monitor's beep actually began to slow. Beep, 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 beep. And the slowing was consistent and progressive, so much so that the alarm rang. Now that alarm spurred the entire team to act quickly to bring the patient's heart rate back up using various methods, a number of methods, while other members of the team re-reviewed the patient's history. 
Now, many of the drugs the anesthesiologist attempted to use to help bring the patient's heart rate back up failed. Okay, now this is beyond mission critical. The monitor was indicating that the patient's heart was starting to slow. And we all know what happens when your heart rate slows so much that it stops, you know, beeping or stop functioning. It, it's, a, it's a problem. Increasing the oxygen didn't help. Adding fluids didn't help. One medication didn't help. Another blood pressure medication didn't help. The tension in the room mounted. It wasn't until one team member called the family member in the waiting room that it was discovered that the patient was taking an herbal supplement, ginkgo biloba, and had not disclosed this as part of her medical history. Ginkgo biloba is a tree whose leaves are harvested to use, you know, as an oral dietary supplement. It's originated, I think, in Japan or Asia, but it's everywhere now, Europe, America, everywhere. It has been used in the management of anxiety, dementia, hearing loss, PMS, stroke, and even vertigo or dizziness. Now, while it's likely safe, again, grass generally regarded as safe, while it's likely safe for most people to ingest it by mouth as a supplement, it can have negative side effects such as irregular heartbeat or arrhythmia. So it wasn't until this patient, it was known that this patient was taking this botanical and that ginkgo biloba could have a negative effect on the heart. It wasn't until then that the anesthesiologist was able to reverse the adverse effect using the appropriate medication to reverse the effects of the ginkgo biloba. So thankfully, the patient completely regained normal heart rate and heart function, and the surgery for the thyroid cancer, so a necessary surgery, was able to proceed. The patient went through the surgery beautifully. Surgery went well, no complications. He emerged from anesthesia, cancer removed, happy ending. So please, I will close my storytelling by emphasizing three critically important points. Number one, plant-based medicines are powerful and can be used to great benefit. However, point number two, do not self-prescribe an herbal supplement based on what you've read, seen, or heard unless that information came from a reputable, credible professional. And number three, when you are working with a medical professional, please be completely transparent about the medicines that you take, including prescriptions, over-the-counter ones, and all supplements, traditional vitamins, minerals, and herbal. Tune in next week. And I'll be talking about weight management in the new age of weight loss drugs and if plant-based supplements have a natural role in weight management. Can't wait to tell you all about it. This concludes this episode of 15 Minutes of Fab on the Forever Fab podcast. As always, stay beautiful and forever fabulous inside and out. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Forever Fab, the podcast on fashion, the art of living, and all things beauty, curated by Dr. Shirley Madir, MD. Live beautifully and help make the world a more beautiful place.